Take a close look at any list of Ottawa's hottest startups, and you'll see a common thread connecting many of the city's most promising firms. The Capital Angel Network invests millions of dollars in early-stage companies each year and closed 2020 riding a wave of momentum. With a new year underway, what's the angel investment outlook in Ottawa? What opportunities are investors looking for? And how can entrepreneurs position themselves to attract funding? We'll be exploring these questions and more this week on Techopia Live. Welcome to Techopia Live. I'm Peter Cavesi from the Ottawa Business Journal, and I'm joined today by two fantastic guests. We have Nolan Bielans, the Executive Director of the Capital Angel Network, as well as Susan Richards, the co-founder of Number Crunch, one of the sponsors of Techopia Live. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Susan, let's start with you. Can you briefly introduce us to Number Crunch and how it works with local tech companies? Absolutely. So Number Crunch is essentially outsourced finance. So we handle all your backend support. And uh, specifically to this conversation, we can help you get your books in order and help detail out that financial plan that can be used through due diligence to, uh, to help you close rounds. And now, Nolan, I know you're probably more used to being on the receiving end of an elevator pitch, but give us a real quick introduction to the Capital Angel Network and how it fits in with Ottawa's tech sector. Yeah, so the Capital Angel Network is a group of about 50 high net worth individuals who want to be investing in early stage startups, uh, primarily based in the Ottawa region. And so a number of the companies that you that the OBJ and Techopia feature regularly uh, have been backed by the Capital Angel Network. Great. So the last time that uh, we had the, the opportunity to to check in was about, uh, I think, the tail end of uh, summer of last year, obviously coming off a very, very disruptive period. But there was a lot of signs of, of, of momentum that things were, uh, were starting to pick up. Give us a little bit of uh, an indication. How did 2020 uh, end uh, as far as angel investment go? Uh, so yeah, so 2020 really did uh, end on a high note for us. We, you know, beginning companies started to see some good opportunities in, in August and September. Uh, we actually held a meeting in the summer this summer because people weren't actually traveling. And uh, that led to a, a much better quarter for Q4 for us. And in terms of deals closed and dollars invested and much back towards say pre-pandemic levels, um, it was really exciting to see that, you know, to, to feel that we were very much back. And I'd say the main reason is that, you know, most of the time when you're angel investing, when you're pitching your company, you're trying to tell a story of, you know, this is what the company is now. This is what we're going to look like in 6, 12, 18 months. And, you know, during the months of March, April, May, June, it was very difficult for companies to do that accurately. Really, no one knew how long the pandemic would last, how many waves there would be and what the impacts would be on their businesses and their sales process, et cetera. But as we approached the end of the summer into Q, into the into the fall, people really understood and had a better line of sight of, you know, this is the reality for the next few months. And, you know, this is the direction that our company will be going in or, you know, the world got used to selling and being sold to virtually. Uh, and the investors themselves got more comfortable with making investments in, in people they'd never met in person. So all those factors kind of tied in and, and ended the year on a, on a pretty high note for us. Are you able to share any 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 metrics about the uh, the, the the size of um, uh, the, the volume of investments that uh, that came through in twenty twenty? Yeah, so in twenty twenty, Can uh, invested just over four million dollars uh, into twenty companies, and so that is down about seventy five to eighty percent of our our numbers in twenty nineteen, uh, which was reported by by Techopia last year. 
but overall, I'd say that's a, given the historic nature of 2020, we're we're pretty pleased with how that how that went. Um, Q1 did start very well for us. Q2 was actually okay because we still had some deals that were trickling in from pre-COVID, and we actually supported a lot of our portfolio companies who were looking for a bit of an extension, who were just you know dealing with that uncertainty. And and the angels really stepped up during that time. Uh, Q3 is where we saw a bit of a drop off, and that's where probably the most of that that you know 25% gap took place in, in that, you know, we didn't see a lot of new opportunities in, in Q2 that would have closed in Q3. And as I said, Q4 was kind of back to, back to regular, back to business as usual. And uh, we're excited that, and into Q1, into January here, I'm, I'm already aware of a few opportunities that are, that are moving nicely. And, and, you know, it's definitely safe to say that we're back. That's great to hear. Susan, I'm really excited to to get your perspectives on, on this. We're into a new year. You're uh, you're constantly talking to uh, to, to startups uh, here here in Ottawa. What are you hearing? What is the uh, the investment landscape uh, like for these early stage companies right now? Well, I think it's really great now. Uh, so I think we've had three quarters to get used to this and adapt. Um, and now um, the banks, first of all, are able to lend more than they ever could. Uh, there's a lot of private equity out there as well for a bit later stage. Um, and I think we're all getting used to, um, you know, living with this uncertainty. It doesn't really feel as uncertain anymore. So from a revenue standpoint, it's still a little iffy for companies. Customers are perhaps behaving differently. There may be caution, uh, slower close cycles. But for a lot of the tech sector, they're just as dependent on financing as they are on customer revenue. And so there's an ability to be nimble and refocus the energy on driving that fundraising effort now. And it's a, it's a great time because there's a lot of creativity and innovation happening too. Um, people are really pivoting and, and being customer centric and thinking of new markets and opportunities um, more than uh, I would say a year ago. You know, if we go pre-COVID, I think we're in a better place today than a year ago for, uh, for fundraising efforts. So I feel very enthused about um, where we are now. <laughs> you know, Felt differently maybe a quarter or two quarters ago, but now feeling good. I think a lot of companies uh, would uh, would echo that uh, that sentiment. I'd, I'd love to dig just a little bit deeper, just beyond sort of the the numbers, uh, beyond the the overall sort of volume of deals, and sort of look at some of the the trends that uh, that, uh, that that we're seeing. Nolan, when when you sort of look at the the, the types of investments that uh, that are being made, what what are some of the the, the sectors or specific opportunities that uh, that you're finding are particularly attractive to uh, to investors right now? So right now, actually, the group itself has really begun to diversify, right? The Capital Angel Network was was born out of the telecom industry. Um, it evolved to a lot more of a software SaaS focus. And now we're seeing just a, a broader range of investors participating in the network, and those interests are now broadening. So two of our biggest deals this year were biotech. Uh, we've had a number of, uh, we've had a couple of clean tech deals come through as well. Um, we still, you know, are investing in the, in the, more typical software SaaS type of uh, activities. And, and those companies continue to do well pre and post pandemic. It's definitely been uh, a massive boost. Obviously there was a lot of press this week around Rewind's big close. They've, they've done very well, well in a, in a post pandemic world. And we're happy to be, you know, I think we've invested now three rounds with them and uh, you know, wish them all continued success as they, as they grow. Uh, another company that's seen great growth that we, it was a new investment was a company called Massive, uh, which does file transfers for very large, um, very large files done very quickly. And again, you can imagine that was a, a good company to have prior to COVID, but now it's absolutely kind of a necessity in most businesses since you can't be, uh, you, you have to be 
really dis- disconnected and everything has to be done online. So uh, it's interesting to see those those companies get these tailwinds from COVID uh, as well as, you know, go for raised another big round uh, in, in Q4 as well. And, you know, anything related to delivery as well as, you know, obviously growing. So those are some of the trends that we're seeing. But again, we're also really broadening into biotech, life sciences, you know, some some hardware and consumer, a bit of fintech, which is not all hasn't always been the case for the Capital Angel Network. So that, that's that's really exciting. That's something that we've pushed hard and taken. It's taken a bit more time than we'd like, but now we're really doing our best to serve the entire ecosystem. And, and just as a quick quick follow up, what what are some of the factors that are that are that are driving that that diversification? I think it's both just reaching out to to new people um, and the, and a number of the angels, even if they have maybe a technology or software background, they themselves have, have a bit more of a thesis around how they want to be investing. Um, and I think I alluded to this even last year is that people want to be investing with their, you know, their, their hearts a little bit more than their wallets and seeing things that have positive impacts, not just, you know, or places that you can make money, there are, there are good markets but also have an impact, whether it's on the health or of, of society or the health of the planet or anything else like that. You know, I, I just find that so fascinating. Um, you know, I, I, I'd suggest that, the, you know, the word ecosystem is potentially a little bit, you know, sort of overused. But to me, this is such a great example of when you hear stories about, you know, entrepreneurs making successful exits, that that's far from the end of the story, that then they can help, you know, use their expertise, uh, use their background, use the, the lesson learned that they uh, that they've accumulated to uh, to 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 continue to help the uh, the um, Ottawa's tech sector continue to to evolve and uh, and, and develop. Susan, I want to spend just a, a couple moments as we're touching on um, another theme, which is to really sort of help um, help start help startups, you know, in in Ottawa, um, help understand how they can access uh, financing. So, just again, just to tap into to your uh, your expertise uh, a little bit, when should a startup be thinking about uh, about um, pursuing angel financing? When is that typically a good fit for an early stage company? Excellent question. Like, I, I think because angels are individuals, it really can vary because it's a person to person contract and, and relationship. But overall, I think when you're going from concept stage into commercialization stage, that's the right time. So you've already um, you've already done the work to have proof of concept. If you don't have revenue yet, you certainly have shown some traction in being able to close pre-sales. So that then what your funding is going to be using it for, used for is the marketing and the um, expansion of that customer acquisition. I think that's a key uh, component of it. And you want to be able to have uh, your finances in order and have a detailed business plan. So you have to be far enough along the line that you actually can um, can enumerate the details of how you're going to execute your plan in a credible way. Uh, angel investors are unlikely to want to read a large business plan, but they're going to ask questions that are going to flush out whether or not you've thought through those. Um, so it's a key component of it, having your finances order in order and having a detailed business plan and having uh, proof uh, that you can, you know, evidence that you are, um, your cus- your customers or potential customers are actively seeking your solution. I think those are the, the key things that from, this is a finance bias. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives to have. And, and certainly this is only one component of it. So I don't mean to represent all components, but if you're missing that CFO at the table, I think that's a good mindset to think through if you don't have that uh, number cruncher in your founder team. 
the finance component is a very, very important component to, to the discussion. But you did give me a segue there. Nolan, let's get sort of the investor's uh, per perspective. What advice would you give uh, to, to, to startups as far as um, when to start the um, thinking about uh, investment and really what are some of the early steps that a entrepreneur should be taking to get themselves uh, investment ready? So I think the the biggest piece that that might be missing there is that most of these investments are relationship driven. Uh, anytime you can build a relationship with an angel investor, and many of the you know the companies that we we see get investment have engaged with the angels, whether it's through advisors or accelerators or things like that, for months beforehand. And then when it comes time to ask for money, the decision is very quick. So it's a bit of a long game than short game. Um, and sometimes having that buy-in from some individuals will lead to more of the network from our from our end piling in and supporting those companies. Uh, I, I think Susan was right on about you know being able to project out and understand where you're going and what you're doing with the money. And I would say that you know the the financial element there is is core, but that also applies to you know you know business plans and say and again business plan. You're correct. We don't want to read a big business plan, but you know. Projecting, telling the story of of where you're planning to go, um, I think it's very important to understand you know where you've been to date, and then project out where you're going. And it's really you know does the investor believe that that path is you know realizable? And would you have and and with me investing in the company, will that you know those projections take place? So I think that's the, that's the element is being able to have enough of a story behind you to credibly project forward. And the investors are really, you know, jumping on board with your story and making that kind of personal connection. So the longer you can build the relationship, the more credible the next part of the story becomes. Great. That's not only great advice for uh, for for startups, but uh, I think it's uh, this has been such a great uh, great way to sort of start uh, start twenty twenty one with a great uh, look ahead. And I know that uh, Nolan and Susan will be chatting with you uh, again throughout the year, uh, taking a look both at uh, the por portfolio companies uh, in uh, in uh, uh, that work with uh, the Angel Network, and as well uh, hearing your insights on uh, on the, the tech sector. So thank you so much uh, to you both for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Susan. Before I let you go, I want to thank some of our sponsors, without whom this show wouldn't be possible. We have Pearlie Robertson, Hill & McDougal, a leader in business and tech law, TD Bank with specialized programs for tech firms, the University of Ottawa's Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent, Stratford Managers, providing services to help you scale up your tech venture, and of course, we were joined today by NumberCrunch, offering virtualized CFO services for SaaS companies. Techopia is not just this great show. We're also publishing articles online daily at obj.ca slash techopia. You can follow us on social media at techopia OTT. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Peter Cavesi from the Ottawa Business Journal. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks with the next episode of Techopia Live.